This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes. How else could we open this episode of HFC Chat? News fresh out of the club is that Tom Crawford has signed a new two-year deal that will take his contract to the end of their 2023-24 season. I mean, I've got to assume here, you must be doing extremely well after hearing that news, Davo. I am very happy, Jack, very happy. I mean, it's just brilliant. Everybody who listens to the podcast knows our thoughts on TC. He's been someone, as, as the tweet went out on the podcast uh, Twitter page earlier, he's waited very, very patiently to be given a fair crack in the team. And as soon as his, his chance came along, he's taken it with both hands and it's completely and 110% deserved. And, you know, fantastic to see the first of hopefully many players committing the future to the club and someone who I think has been a key part, someone who brings a lot to the team and I'm certainly extremely excited to be seeing um, what he can continue to bring. I know that in his interview I've just seen, he said that Pulse fans have only seen a snippet of what he's really about and I think that you know that just excites everyone, doesn't it? And I'm just going to have a look um, now at the article that, um, the club put out obviously he signed from Notts County prior to the 2021 uh, 2020-21 season and I guess he wasn't really seen much to be fair until Graham Lee came along he wasn't um, at the forefront of the selections um, under anyone previously and you know there was a lot of doubt including myself as to obviously when he signed everyone was raving about him a lot of Notts County fans sorry um, and other people as well but we never really saw what the people were talking about but this season it's been absolutely mega and he's played 32 games scoring that one league goal and Crofts will be looking to add to his tally I'm sure before the end of this season in terms of what he said um, about signing a contract, just briefly off this article, he said it's delighted um, to get this over the line. It was a no-brainer for him. He knows it's a club that he wants to be at, and every time he walks out of the suit direct in front of our fans, it, it just you know he gets excited by that, and he's really looking forward to 
what the future holds. And, and Graham Lee's also commented saying he's delighted to get Tom tied down for the next couple of years and about how since he's come in, he's performed on a consistent level to the side and he's got so much potential, which I think we all see. And uh, we hope that that will develop um, as time progresses. And with Tom now over the line, we are getting closer with others and I hope for some more announcements very soon. I know that we're going to... Um, touch on contracts and people we'd like to see at the club and and things like that in due course but first of all I guess it'd be good to look back on March Um, we obviously have looked at the Rotherham game in great depth in past podcasts and also the Harrogate game we touched on so we're going to take it away from um, Leighton Orient um, onwards and I know that you're going to kick this off for us Darrell Yeah um, nil-nil it was a typical nil-nil. Um, it was almost as if we came into this one almost with a hangover from the Rotherham game. It was just oh, the energy, the excitement, not just obviously in the in the stands, but on the pitch. You, you know, you look at the, the way we performed. Everyone was up for it. You know, we were fighting for every last thing. You look at the Orient game, it was just an absolute polar opposite. And, you know, the score really epitomised the game. You know, we did have a chance to win the game. It would have been a match-win opportunity. Bogle, 10 minutes, I think, or so after half-time. And it was literally a tame, effortless shot straight into the to the keeper's hands. But, you know, in fairness to Leighton Orient, you know, in the build-up to this, I was always... Coming into this game of intriguement, you know, Orient, who, when we went to their place in October, were flying. They were in the playoffs. Obviously, we want the game is just something of the past. We won't talk about it for obvious reasons. But coming to obviously into this game, obviously the employed Wellens as a new manager. So it's always intriguing to to see how teams are going to perform under a new manager. And look, I think. Regardless of that, it was just an overall poor, poor game. And to be honest, you look at the games um, that passed that. Um, Bradford at home, 2-0 loss. Um, again, similar story with Bradford. Um, they're not long employed. A great manager, obviously, in Mark Hughes. Um, obviously, I know we'd spoken to someone in relation to a Bradford podcast and it was said that their performances, sorry, the results that they were getting wasn't necessarily reflecting their performances. Um, But again, irrespective of how Bradford played, again, I don't think we were necessarily playing to the best of our ability. It was quite laboured at times. You know, we had spells in the game, but again, it just wasn't good enough. And when you're playing teams against Bradford who were backed in, well, look, you can't give teams like Bradford time and the respect to that we were given, and it was just again, it was just poor. And the best part of March, I'm sure you you won't disagree with what I'm about to say here, Jack, was our trip abroad, our trip down to Wales on a Friday night to Newport. Again, and this is no disrespect to the lads, but when you look at the way we've been playing, um. You look at the, the games, the performances we've had. Going to Newport was certainly one that I wasn't looking forward to. I was going there with very little hope, very little confidence, and I was just hoping we could get away 
with something of a point, but you know, the lads turned up and they were well up for it and it turned out to be our best performance of the month and we fought, we fought hard and we had to, they were a good side, they were making us work and ultimately we came away with a very well-deserved 3-2 win and then, again, just when you thought we could kick on and try and have a good end of the month and maybe get a good win against Northampton, we didn't. Again, it was just really, really poor. We didn't turn up. And look, I will give Northampton the respect. They're a team up there that they were fighting to be getting out of this league. But look, I don't care about that. You know, we've just got to turn up, at least turn up. Again, we were backed well. 300 old polies made the trip down to Northampton. And I'm not being awful to the lads, but I think the fans who went made more of an effort than those who did on the pitch. Albeit, like I said, it was tough opponent, but it's not the point. Um, again, Mansfield, I know you look at the score to all. I think for me personally, that gives a little bit of a false reflection. You think, oh, to all, yeah, we must. Look, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I think for most of that game, for 95% of it, Mansfield were the better team. Um we had literally a daft five-minute, a crazy five-minute spell before the game where we were just, all of a sudden we were up for it, we were fighting, we were closing down, and we know we scored two goals. Um, despite that, we should have nicked it at the end. Joe White with a glorious one-on-one opportunity. The keeper came out, made himself big, but despite that, it, it should have been a win. Um, but overall... Um, I know you're going to give your reflection, but I think it's been a a poor month. And hopefully, I mean, I know obviously we've lost to, to Salford there on Saturday, but look, we need to kick on and we just need to end our season well. Um, you know, you've spoke about Tom Crawford, and I think we've needed that as fans. You know, things haven't been going well off the pitch in more ways than one. You know, the, the results and then obviously... The article by Graham Lee that came out just days ago in the Hartlepool Mail, obviously he was expressing his massive frustration. I know we're going to touch on that later, but look, we need to have something to excite ourselves for for next season, not just in terms of contracts, but in terms of results as well. Yeah, I pretty much agree with the majority of things you've said there. I've seen three out of those games that you've talked about. I know you're at Northampton on the Mansfield games, which I didn't get to see myself, but, you know, Leighton Orient, I thought it was unfortunately a sign, well, not a sign of the past, but there was showings of what it was like in the past. Um, You know, the football that we'd been playing when we were really poor and the football that kind of got us relegated, it was lack of ideas. There was just, yeah, just poor. I'm not going to delve too much into it because, you know, you've touched on on it and summarised it well. I think going into that game, there was talk of, well, you know, we've got Leighton Orient, Bradford and Newport in a week. Let's see how we get on. Let's see if we can get some points and, and perhaps be that team that's pushing towards the playoffs. Personally, I was never really convinced with that playoff talk that was coming from some, but that kind of Leighton Orient performance was one of the reasons why 
you know, we, we, we're not ready to go up and, that, and that's absolutely fine. What, from my point of view, there was never an expectation for us to get promoted at the start of the season. I'm extremely delighted where we are in the league. And, and then we go on to Bradford, lost 2-0. I didn't think we were miles off it. They took the chances, we didn't. And I think that's been, you know, a story in quite a few games this season. But as you said, big win in Europe, unbelievable trip. Um, yeah, that win was was fantastic. It, I was going there, and I'd said to me dad and, and plenty of you before we went, we're going to get absolutely battered. Like I cannot see us getting anything from this game. Newport quality team pushing for the promotion to League One, and we just come off the back of a point against Orient, and then a loss against Bradford, and I really didn't have confidence. But huge European night for the boys. We turned up. Picked up the three points. I thought we were more than, you know, really deserving of the win. I thought we battled well. Um, I probably Newport fans would disagree and probably say that they deserved at least a point. And, you know, that argument's completely valid. Um, but I think, personally, we were deserving of the win the way in which we responded to going 1-0 down, then we go 2-1 up and, and then obviously they equalise, but the killer and something that we don't often see it poses, the fact we went up the other end and a minute later scored the winner. And I must say, um, Neil Byrne at the back post, obviously one, one of our good friends, well, a couple of our mates, um, a decent amount of money. I know he alluded to that in, um, in his post-match interview, but that just capped it all off, really. It, it was a special night and... Uh, one which was enjoyed by everyone who went down and made the trip um, completely worthwhile. And this is where, you know, you see what pulls are really capable of. And this is where the whole consistency talk comes in, because if we can consistently get results against teams like that, we will genuinely, and I hand on heart can say, be pushing up for them playoff spots next season. Um, we then go on to Northampton. As you said, you were there, I wasn't. And, just a poor result sounded like um, the lads just didn't turn up. And then Mansfield, we draw to all. Fantastic that we come back yet again. But I mean, you look back at the fixtures there. Bradford, we concede first. Newport, we concede first. Obviously, we won. But Northampton, we concede first. Mansfield, we concede first. We're putting ourselves on the back foot all the time. And I know that's something Lee's touched on. And, and the players will know that it's something that needs to change. I mean, it's fantastic. How many times we come back into a game? But look, if we take the lead in games, I think that will change a lot. Um, and obviously, you've got a mountain to climb once you're behind. So, yeah, in terms of March, I think it was on reflection a poor month. The win at Newport obviously put a good tint on it. And yeah, I, I just hope that we're not seeing now heading into April. And I know we've seen signs of it, perhaps Mansfield, um, game and, and obviously Salford at the weekend that we, we may be kind of end of season mode. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the players aren't seeing, seeing like it like that. Um, you know, only they know really. I know Graham Lee had touched on it um, in his post-match after Salford and look, the fans at the end of the day, and the players will know this, the fans at the end of the day still pay the money to watch the club at the end of the season, whether we're fighting for promotion, relegation or just in mid-table and and honestly take nothing away 
from this year, it's been, this season. It's been absolutely incredible. If you told me right now we'd be sat where we are, we'd have had a fourth-round cup tie at Premier League Crystal Palace and semi-finals of the Papa John's, snap your hand off. 110%, even better than I could have imagined. So, although March was a disappointing result, let's hope that we can push on in April, pick up a couple of points, well, hopefully more than a couple of points, but a few points here and there, and, and really end the season on a high because... As I've just said, it's been a season to celebrate. It's been one where we've really um, seen some special moments. We've seen the club back in the EFL and it's what we've longed for for a long time. So, yeah, look, let's go into April with a positive mindset. Well, we are in April, of course, but Forest Green um, tomorrow, I know we'll do a preview shortly, but it's going to be another tough game. Why not give it everything we can? Play with the freedom. We've practically, you know, we're, we're safe, I'd like to say. Um, I don't know whether that's mathematical or not, um, but let's just go out there, give it everything for the last few weeks of the season and really give us support, something to uh, really get on board with and, and get excited for next season and, and the potential that we can show there. So we've touched on how delighted we are to see TC commit his future. Um, and now I think it's just good to have a, a discussion about um, you know more contract talk, I will say before we get into this, it's all speculation. It's all, everybody has different opinions. Um, we've put some stuff out on the podcast Twitter page and it's been great to have so many people, um, you know, react to that and, and give their thoughts. I think the first thing that's on a lot of people's minds, including ourselves, is Luke Molyneux. Um, we asked the question, will Luke Molyneux be at the club next season? 50% of you said slim chance, but we can hope. And I think that's probably the camp that I'm in. Um, there was 27% of you said no, not happening. And 23% of you extremely confident um, that Moles is going to commit his future. I think, you know, before I go on to anything else contract-wise, Luke Molyneux was an uncertainty in terms of whether he'd commit his future um, at the end of last season. Obviously, and we've we've discussed this numerous times, I must say, that this season he's really given it everything. He's put in some unbelievable performances. He's scored some fantastic goals. He's given the Pulse fans a lot to shout about. And look, the position that we're in at a club, and I saw as a club, and I saw a very good tweet the other day, is that we're a League Two club. We need to remember this. And it is inevitable that players like Luke Molyneux, when they are performing like they do, are going to be snapped up by clubs higher up who can pay more money than we can. I mean, everybody has their different views, whether Raj Singh puts enough money um, into the club or enough for a contract for a certain player, X, Y and Z. Look, we're not going to get into that discussion now because it can go on and on and on. And we will never know the true facts about how much... Raj does invest or doesn't invest and that's not what this is about we're on about you know talent getting snapped up because they deserve the chance and I think everyone at pools if Moles is to go on to a, a club at a higher level than us would wish him well he's deserved it he's coming and he's he's given it absolutely everything and and you know it'd be wrong of us to hold him back of course I want him to sign like any other one any other pools fan does I want him to commit his future because he's a fantastic player and I think he's a player that we can base the squad around. Um, you know, we never rely on just one player or one or two players. We sh we shouldn't do that. That's not 
a healthy thing and it's not you know what a successful team does but he's such a pivotal part and I think you know the responses here looking through the Twitter Luke Molyneux Luke Molyneux Luke Molyneux Moles you know people here saying who they want tied down we asked them out of the contracted players currently who are going to be out of contract who your top three are Moles was mentioned in practically every tweet which is no surprise um there was a lot of talk about Ferguson as well, which I can completely get on board with someone who's a fantastically gifted player and someone who's, um, you know, a key part to the squad. Timmy Odessina, 110% love him to stay at the club. Um, I think Nick Loughlin made a, a good comment here. Let's just say this is going to be a real interesting test of the way things are going to go. And um, Roy Kelly as well. He made a really good um, point about keep... We should aim to keep all seven, eight or eight out of contracted, um, out of the out of contract players. Pools have a good squad. It needs adding to, not ripping apart. Now that is the key message. Um, we're really, you know, we have got a lot of talented players. I'd like to say that when everybody's at the top of the game, we can beat anyone. We've seen that at the start of the season. We've seen that at different points. We've seen that in Newport recently, Rotherham, the way we competed with them. Look, we need to try and keep the base with the squad and add a few players here and there. Like people like Bryn Morris, I know he's injured at the moment, but I think he's a, a brilliant player who could give a lot as long as we can keep him injury free. So, you know, for me, it's offering as much as we realistically can offer. You know, there's been a lot of hard work that has gone into making sure that the club's sustainable and in a good place financially. And it's important that we don't undo that just because we're back in the Football League. But also it's important that we try and keep the core of the squad because for me, if we can do that, we really can build next season. I think if you're to ask me my three key players to sign, I mean, Tom Crawford was obviously one of them. That deal's done now. So in terms of another three, I'd have to go with Timmy Odessina, 110%. Luke Molyneux, that goes without saying. And then I think Neil Byrne, someone who I believe is out of contract. I'm not quite sure whether that's the case. Um, but someone who I was slightly unsure about at the start of the season, but he has been absolutely immense. He's really stepped up. I think there's potential for a future captain there, um, someone who really reads the game well. I think Timmy uh, learns a lot um, off Neil from what you can see on the pitch. I think they work really well together. So if you were to say my three, apart from Crawford, who's already signed, it would definitely be Moles, Timmy and Neil Byrne. But of course, as I've said, I want to keep as many as possible and, and I could name quite a few more that you know I want to commit their future to the club. Davo, I don't know whether you agree with me on that one or there's different um, players that you would rather have kept at the club, but it'd be great to get your thoughts on this one. Um, no, absolutely spot on. Um, obviously, this time of the season, it's always a stressful one, an agonising one, especially for fans, you know, as we were to, see, to hear who's going to commit their future down at the club. Um, the first thing I'm going to say is, as much as 
it pains me to have a go at other fans. Some of the comments I have seen on social media, I think I've just been absolutely stupid. I mean, some of them have been valid and grace and more than appropriate, but some of them I think are just so reactionary. Um, I know it's hard and I know a lot of people have got mixed opinions, especially on how or who runs the football club. But And I'm not one of those who gets involved off, off the field conversations, but I think it's important first and foremost that we just keep our feet on the ground and just have some trust in the process. You know, we've we've heard several members, including the chairman, Stephen Hoban, who's been on this podcast and on Twitter, and has pledged a great deal of passion and enthusiasm into the future and where this club is heading or where the club want this club to be. Um, I'm not going to say much more than that, but first and foremost... And I think it's a testament to him, really, that our good friends at the City event have said this on social media, on our poll, um, Tim Yorisena. Um, he's he come in back into the fold under Graham Lee and he's been an absolute colossus at the back. He's been solid. And again, I mean this in no disrespect to us, but I mean this in massive respect to him. But he his performances this season for HUFC wouldn't look out of place at League One level, potentially a championship level, lower championship level. So Odessina for me is absolutely key. And like you've said, and like many of our good followers have said on Twitter, Luke Molyneux is without doubt massive, massive part to our future. You know, this season, like you've said, his performances have been um, have just been unbelievable. He's a massively massively gifted technically gifted player and like you've rightfully said performances like his this season are, are rightfully so are only going to get attention from those above us league one championship scottish premiership but we hope that the club can do its best to sell the dream to luke and get him tied down so luke molyneux will be another one third one I would probably go as far as saying Joe Gray. I think it's always important to tie down our young players, our young gifted players. Um, you know, I think, I don't know what is it, 18, 19. Look, his performances at the moment might be that of mixed bags. I know people might have, again, a mixed bag of opinions, but it doesn't matter. He is one for the future and you need to keep your future at the football club. It's someone who in years to come, you could be building a team around. This is someone who could be a, a massive part of the future of this football club. And for me, it will be Joe Gray. And I will I will say another one. Uh, I would say David Ferguson as well. I know there's a lot of talks, a lot of people doing the rounds on social media saying that he's linked or supposedly going to Harrogate. I mean, I, I can only hope and pray, and I, I assume I speak for yourself, that I hope that he stays here. We have Jamie Sterry, I think he's in contract, so it's massively, massively important that we keep Fergie in contract. You know, them two players are absolutely, they are, like I say, just a huge, huge important cogs to what we do and what we offer going forward. So they would be the, I know we've said three, but they would be the, the four players that I would have moving forward. I think you touched on a really important point there as well at the start. Um, 
I'm I'm the same as you. I don't like to, you know, slag off other fans' opinions or, you know, say, well, that's just absolutely stupid what's what you've just said. But having seen some of the comments about, you know, if or if we don't tie down certain players, we might as well just give up or we might as well just um, you know, sack off even trying to keep playing in the football league and stuff. I mean come on, let's have some realism. Let's have some just common sense. Like, you need to give your head a wobble if you're really thinking about that. Football players, they move on. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's more painful seeing certain players leave than than others. Um, Gav Houlihan, for me personally, obviously left um, since we've done the, the previous podcast. And I think Francis Angle as well, out on loan Stockport. Um, you know, that that's disappointing, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, you need to really think about these types of comments. You need to just have a real look at yourself and think, look, we're back in the Football League. We've had an exceptional season. Um, and we've got an exciting future ahead. And I think when... Ho- Stephen Oban came on a little while ago. He he was talking passionately, wasn't he, about the plans for the future and on both on field and off field. And I think it's just a time to be positive. It's a time to get behind the club. It's a time to hopefully co- carry on with this onward trajectory. And comments like that just don't help. So yeah, I completely agree with, with what you said there at the start as well. Um, you know, it, it's tough to see certain players leave. It always will be, but it's part and parcel of football and and I think that just needs to be remembered sometimes at the position that we are in and you know hopefully we can continue to tie down the players that we've mentioned there and inevitably some are going to leave but you know we we just have to cope with that and we have to look for replacements we have to um get behind whoever comes in and just keep supporting the lads so I think it's more a time for positivity rather than negativity uh, how far we've actually come And just before we do move on to the preview for tomorrow's away game down at Forest Green, we found it, well, found it appropriate to take you through the latest little bit of club news, starting with the huge one at this time of the season, the the time that gets all Pills fans excited and thinking, which of course is the annual fancy dress. And uh, this year's has been announced just a couple of days ago. Knights, Smurfs, Thunderbirds, Stormtroopers, Bob Marley and many more. What's next, you say? Well, this year we are wanting to pay tribute and say thank you to our wonderful NHS who for the past couple of years have helped guide us through the COVID pandemic and are still working under severe stressful conditions. With this mind, we are delighted to announce the fancy dress theme will be doctors and nurses with two years of off due to the pandemic this is an ideal time to bring back our fancy dress tradition and give those nhs staff the appreciation that they truly deserve we hope everyone enters into the same spirit as previous years and as many as possible attend the scunthorpe away game on saturday april the 30th suitably attired in their doctors and nurses outfits I'm sure that I will be all sorts of versions from the Rocky Horror Picture Show to Casualty 
to emergency ward 10 for those of the older generation. Hartlepool United with the NHS. See you all in Scunthorpe. And I mean, when I was obviously when I first saw this released and the, the Twitter notification came through, I was very, very took back by it. It's, it's a great gesture, and I'm very interested to see how this one is going to pan out. And moving on to the last bit, which is the news that Andy Steele has been appointed as the new club ambassador. Pose have appointed Andy Steele into the newly formed role of club ambassador as part of the continuing development of the club's off-field activities. Andy is no stranger to the club and has been working behind the scenes on a voluntary basis over the last three seasons in many different guises. Chairman Writing said this is a high-profile role that will represent and promote the club with key internal and external stakeholders. Andy has been with the club for three seasons now and has assisted and supported the management team across all areas of the business, in particular with commercial operations. Andy will represent the club at boardroom level with myself and club staff at home and away games, as well as working with Chief Operating Officer Stephen Hobin with commercial activities and Senior Advisor Lee Rust on strategic projects. He will continue to work on a voluntary basis for this role. Andy has a very strong business connections across the town and region from his previous roles as Assistant Principal at the Hartlepool College, Chair of the Hartlepool Business Forum, Chair of Ad Astra Academy Trust and Director of his own management consultancy company. And it goes without saying that we are very excited to see how he blends into this new role and hopefully has a part to play in the club's very exciting future, which concludes our club news. And moving on just finally, and that is, of course, to the match preview. Um, it is obviously important to say that I haven't concocted this preview. This is from the HFC website. With just six games of the season left, Hartlepool United travel to league leaders Forest Green Rovers on Saturday, three o'clock kickoff, looking to end the season strongly. Pools have consolidated their position in League Two this season, but still want to give the fans something to cheer as they close out the campaign. Forest Green Rovers are currently top of the pile, seven points clear of their closest rivals, Exeter City. They are 12 points clear of Northampton in fourth and can virtually guarantee automatic promotion if results go their way tomorrow. Led by head coach Rob Edwards, the Forest Green squad features quality throughout, but they'll be without top scorer Matty Stevens for the remainder of this campaign due to an anterior cruciate ligament injury. Moving on to the history now, and this is just the second meeting between the sides, with the only other meeting, the first meeting, coming at the Sioux Direct Stadium in November. In that game, as we all know, Forest Green won 3-1 after first-half goals from Jordan Moore Taylor, Jamil Matt and Matty Stevens himself. Nicky Featherston did reply somewhat from the penalty spot for Pools, but Tony Sweeney's side couldn't muster a comeback and went on, as we know, to lose 3-1. In terms of team news, after speaking in his pre-match conference, Graham Lee will assess Bryn Morris's will assess Bryn Morris, sorry, ahead of this weekend. Joe Gray looks likely to be in the fold after hobbling off against Salford. 
And as we know, sadly, Luke Molyneux is very unlikely to feature. And if you're not making the trip to the new lawn, as always, you can purchase your audio pass and listen to the audio commentary via I follow. And as always, as customary, Jack, match predictions. I will start with yourself. Um, obviously, as we know, this is a really tough game, despite Forest Green's run of form lately. How are you feeling? Optimistic? Funny how you always put it on me to do the um, the prediction first, typical. Um, look, anything can happen. Um, we said heading into the um, Newport game, well, I certainly said um, that we were going to get battered. Um, I'm not going to say we're going to get battered. I'm going to be more positive than that. Um, I think I think we'll lose. Look, uh, Forest Green are extremely talented side. Um, can't really believe that I'm saying that Forest Green are in a position to be able to get into League One. No disrespect. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't really know how they are. But obviously, over the season, they've consistently performed extremely well. And you know, any team that consistently does that gets rewarded. So, look. I think I'm gonna say we'll lose, but let's be let's be more positive. Let's say two one defeat. Um, we'll get a goal there. That'd be good. Reward the travelling fans. But yeah, I mean, it's such a tough game to go there and and get a result. Um, we've we've seen the talent they've had um, and they've got. So yeah, let's just see. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a two one defeat. I'm afraid. Don't know whether you agree with that, whether you're going to be Mr. Positive as usual. Uh, we'll wait to see. <laughs> I'm not saying whether or not I agree or not, but I can completely understand and justify why you're feeling that way. Um, but it is important to say that winning and losing, it's all part of football. But what I, I won't accept um, is, and I'm one of many who, who are going down there tomorrow, down to Forest Green, what I won't accept is at least not turning up. You know, when you the players know that they're, they are always well-backed regardless of the distance. And so it should be in the back of their minds that, yes, we might be going through a rough patch, whatever. Yes, we're playing a tough opposition in Forest Green, but look to, look to you, look on the sides, look at in the stand, look at the numbers who are coming to back you. I think it's always important to remember that as a player, that you are always well-backed and we'll always back them. So, look... I just want the players to turn up tomorrow and give it 110% when they put on the, the when they put on the shirt. It is going to be a tough game, you know. For, like I've said, Forest Green are going through a bit of a rough patch, but they will want to get business wrapped up as quickly as possible. They won't want to make any more of hard work than they already have done in the last five, six, seven games. I'm not going to say we're going to win because, well, I'm just not. <laughs> I'm going to say one all. I am going to. Oh, I'm going to hope that we can at least come away with something. But yeah, one all. Hopefully, Omar Bogle to score. Hopefully, he can rejuvenate himself, get himself fired up again, just like he did when he came into the club in January. But yeah, one all. Well, I can always rely um, on you to end it on a positive note. That ties up. Another episode of HFC Chat on a day where Tom Crawford has signed a new deal to keep him at the club until the end of the 2023-24 season. As ever, keep the faith.
back the boys and never say die. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans